Hello, and welcome to The Muppets, the sitcom, the podcast, presented by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we revisit The Muppets' grand return to television in the 2015 series The Muppets and see how it holds up five years later. You can follow along with the series with us by revisiting The Muppets, which is now streaming on Disney+. I am Ryan Rowe, your host for today's show, and our special guest today is... Hi, I'm Matthew Soberman. I'm the Muppets, the sitcom, the podcast, the guest star. <laughs> you are, yes. And you are a contributor to Tough Pigs. Yes, I am. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining me. It's just me and you. Um, so today we are talking about the 10th episode of the series. This is Single All the Way, which aired on ABC on December 8th. 2015. In this episode, Kermit struggles to make the big Christmas show happen, Yolanda cheats at the secret Santa exchange, and Sam experiments with mistletoe. <laughs> um, so there are several things happening in this episode, but uh, as ah. we do before we get into each storyline, let me ask you, um, what do you remember about your take on the series when it first started, this episode specifically? What did you think of it when it first aired? Uh, well, uh, I was lucky because I wrote the review for this on Tough Figs yeah, five years ago. Uh, so you it, have a, a living document of... Or, yes, or a, I do have a document have of a exactly document how I felt. Telling you, yes. And at the time, I felt that this was a, the reason why I thought this sitcom worked. Hmm. Uh, it showed to me that this was a different take on the characters, but that doesn't make it bad. Okay. That sometimes reinterpreting the Muppets can be a good thing. Yes, that's my general to... take on new Muppet productions. But yeah, single all the way specifically. Um, I just remember like Miss Piggy's growth, considering, you know, how Miss Piggy is generally used as this stock character where, you know, she's the diva and, you know, she connives to get her way. Yeah. Whereas in this episode, she kind of realizes, wait, did I get it wrong? Should I have been more humble and tried to make it work with Kermit? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do think looking back at the whole series five years later, it, it is more clear to me that the writers knew that there was something wrong with Piggy from the beginning. So it's interesting mm -hmm. to see them sort of fix that as they go. So, um, yeah, then we can sort of get into uh, the storylines here. Um, let's start with the part where uh, Fozzie is going through a breakup. Yep. So Kermit comes into the studio an hour before they're live christmas show i guess they're actually going live on the air this time which i don't know if we've ever gotten any indications that the up late is usually a live show but a, a late night show that goes live in a non-election cycle right yeah it's it doesn't really happen although uh i don't know if you remember or i know you're a lot younger than i am but when jimmy kimmel's show first started it was live every night for like the first year or so Oh, it was. And, yeah, okay. until he realized that wasn't practical, so it would... Yeah, I think around that time, I was starting to get into Late Night, but I yeah. was watching more Letterman and Leno. Sure, yeah, which... And to be fair now, I, I, I mostly, at that time slot, I watch Colbert, so... That's a good choice, <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, not very practical to do a live uh, Late Night show, as no. the Kermit and the gang will discover. But, uh, yeah, so he comes in and... Um, they're decorating for the Christmas episode, and Animal is eating the tinsel. Yep. Which you Christmas know, in my belly. Yeah. I know Animal eats the, you know, he eats his drums in the Muppet movie, mm -hmm. but this is one of those moments that feels sort of like a little bit of a, a bleed from the character of Animal to the character of Cookie Monster to um, me. Yeah, but it, it's not unprecedented i mean the great muppet caper starts with animal eating the title card that's true that is not actually food so i guess animal if he gets hungry enough he'll eat anything though i will say because i was not on the first episode of the great muppet caper season of moving right along his <laughs> chewing in that in that moment 
Sounds exactly like Cookie Monster. Right. Yeah. I think that's maybe where some he of that got, kind of Frank Oz got the Om Nom Nom in. Yes. Yes. So uh, Kermit tells us in a Talking Head interview that the Christmas show is a challenge, but it's also fun because he gets to do it with all his friends. This is a noticeable change from the beleaguered Kermit that we've been seeing or that we did see at the start of the series mm. where he's actually having a good time putting on a show. Yeah. Now, um, I know there was a the, there was the head writer change halfway through the show. Do we know exactly what episode that started with? I don't think it had happened yet. I think it was when they I went think... on hiatus, which was right after. Okay, this episode. so it was after this episode. Yeah, I believe that's true. I probably should okay. have fact checked that before we started recording, but I think that's how it went. Yeah. Luckily, um, this is the internet, and Muppet Muppet Wiki is always available. Uh, yes, that's true. Sure. Um, but yeah, while you're looking that up, I will say, I think <laughs> we started to see more of the the upbeat Kermit last week with Going Going Gonzo, where he was very encouraging to Gonzo doing his stunt. And then he was so happy when Gonzo actually successfully did his stunt. So they're sort of continuing that that arc for Kermit being in a good mood, which is nice. Mm. Did you find anything? Uh, it was November 4th, they announced that Bob Cushel had stepped down and that Kristen Newman was replacing him as showrunner. Okay, so probably by the time the episodes were the actually show written had, and produced. The 10th episode. So yes, this was the last episode under the Cushel run. Regime, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes and sense. And we sort of start to see... We, we sort of start to see where uh, the, 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 the merging was happening. You start to see the more optimistic tone of the show. Right, yeah. And I think that's uh, Kermit's change in mood is just is kind mm. of points to a lot of that, yeah. Um, so we, uh, we see Kermit um, in the studio. He's watching Fozzie dressed as Santa supposed to be entertaining some kids but Fozzie is just crying because as Kermit learns from Scooter Becky has just broken up with Fozzie. Very sad. Uh, Scooter yeah. can't believe and Santa is bawling his eyes out. Yes, this is not a very jolly Santa for these kids. Not a very jolly Fozzie which really scares me. I I do I mean I've seen Fozzie sad before but this this is yeah. this this worries me. Like, no, you're right. <clears throat> like he's not just down like on the Muppet Show where he needs a guest star to sing him a song to cheer him up. He's he's actually sort of sobbing. Like th- this is Fozzie in an existential crisis. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, he really liked Becky. We've seen that. Yeah. Uh, Scooter can't believe that Becky broke up with Fozzie, and yet Scooter's mom is still dating Ken. He says, "Cut your fingernails, Ken. You're not a Spanish guitar player." And I'm not sure I get that joke. Is it like like he would use his nails to to pick the strings I, of the Spanish guitar because it has a lot of strings? Luckily, there are enough jokes that if I don't get all of them, I'm <laughs> sure I'll get the next one. Yeah, well, I think that's what I it mean, is, you could but... maybe use the fingers as picks. That's like, what I'm saying, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like that, it... that's... Yeah, there's like that, a, that's the only interpretation of the joke that makes sense. Like to a me. twelve string guitar, so he's using all of his fingernails. I don't know. If anyone yeah. wants to suggest another interpretation of that joke, please let us know. Um, yeah. So Kermit asks Fozzie what happened. He says he and Becky were talking about whose parents to spend Christmas with, and Fozzie suggested Jerry Seinfeld's parents. So I. I looked it up just for the record. Jerry Seinfeld's parents had both passed away when this episode was taped. Um, wow, Fozzie we... <laughs> is really in a dark place. Though. Well, we do. Fozzie does say that he was joking. Like, he, he didn't really think that they could or should spend Christmas with Jerry Seinfeld's parents. But it is interesting that the writers apparently didn't Google that or just didn't care or just thought it didn't matter. But. It was just a throwaway joke. Yeah, I mean, they could have swapped in any other comedian's name, but that's... Uh, Jerry Seinfeld seems like... But suddenly, now that I know that, Becky's response may not be so unwarranted. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe Becky knew, and that's why she was so... Like, uh, th- 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 this, this bear is heading down a dark path that I cannot follow. Right, because her response is that Fozzie can't take anything seriously. <laughs> 
Um, and we have seen before on the show that Fozzie's comedy caused some friction in their relationship when he mm. used, you know, he, he made jokes about her in his stand-up. So this is kind of yeah. continuing with that. Uh, Kermit asks Piggy if she will talk to Fozzie and she agrees to do that. This is something we don't see very often because there is a scene where Eric Jacobson is playing two characters who are talking to each other. Eric Jacobson mm-hmm. is talking to himself. Yeah. Uh, that, that's gotta be real hard. That is like Kermit and Rolf singing. I hope that something better comes along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which kind of feels like something like on the Muppet show you almost never saw that or on other TV series. Um it it almost feels like the kind of thing where they would only do it in a movie where they have more time maybe or mm-hmm. a um and something where you can get away with multiple, sh- you know, shot, you know. Right, yeah, switching back and forth. Yeah, switching puppeteers back and forth. Um, but yeah, I guess this, or maybe, maybe the writers were just not thinking about that, but I, I like to think that just given all the puppetry tricks and everything we've seen, I, I like to think that they just sort of went, you know what, let's just go for it. Let's just make it Mm -hmm. happen. It's worth it. Plus it just makes sense with the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because Piggy has a perspective on this. Uh, she tells Fozzie the secret to feeling better is stuff stuff yes let's see what he's won yeah she has this whole closet full of these indulgent uh gift items does she say where she got this stuff i may have missed that i uh, i watched the episode last night and i i don't remember okay i don't think she does um hey, it, whatever it is it's not important no but it includes a, a neck massager made by a company called dream rub and then Uncle Dudley gives a little speech where it sounds like a commercial for DreamRub. Yep. So I wondered if this was product placement, but I googled DreamRub and I don't think there is. Yeah, I, I can't see them using an actual brand there. No, I, I guess not. So they made it up, but it's a very uh, believable brand name. So Fozzie is still missing Becky. Piggy says he should let Becky know that he's willing to work on things with her. Uh, Fozzie repeatedly during this conversation brings up Piggy and Kermit's breakup, which Piggy is not thrilled to hear about. Worms everywhere. (laughs) Right. So Deadly is listening in on the whole thing and has this little, this uh, running gag. Oh, Deadly is fabulous in this scene, right? Right from the beginning where it's like, you know, Fozzie's telling his story and, you know, uh, Deadly says, oh, women. (laughs) <laughs> and then he just turns around and looks at Miss Piggy, realizes what he's just said, and goes, oh, man. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to write that down. But that is really funny. And yeah, Deadly just elevates every scene he's in on this series. Yep. And I've commented on this before, but the puppetry, which is like Uncle Deadly has this scary dragon face. And then... But his face, like his, the puppet seems really flexible, mm, and the yes. things that Matt Vogel can do, just by, like mm. by kind of opening the, his mouth a little bit or sort of mm. sliding his the, yeah. the top part of his mouth open oh, a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really just great. a great character. Yeah. Uh, so after this conversation with Fozzy, Piggy realizes that she didn't fight for Kermit when they broke up mm-hmm. and now she is all alone going into the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where Dudley offers her cheese. Yep. And she so accepts. much cheese. Yes. So much cheese. Uh, so the Kermit and Peggy breakup was such a big deal leading up to the show premiering. Mm-hmm. So I like that the writers are showing that, that this does still have consequences for them. It wasn't just something that they kind of threw together so that Kermit could be mm. dating another character or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't like a manufactured drama. No, yeah, they're really sort of paying it off and showing how it affects them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is probably the most mature take on the Kermit-Piggy relationship that yes. has ever been done. And I rem- that's what I wrote five years ago, way back in 2015. Yeah. Uh, I said, and I will write it because I think... Oh, this is from your original review? 
Yeah. Okay. Personally, I think this may be the most adult episode of the Muppets yet. Not adult as in talking about narcotics and naughty bits, but rather <laughs> as a as in a mature examination of relationships. Yeah, I guess and that's the word, mature. It shows that and that's why I love this series, because I you know I love the Muppets. I wouldn't be writing for Tough Pigs or doing these podcasts if I didn't love these. I do know love you love characters. the Muppets. <laughs> But at the at the same time, you, they no not not a lot of people really play around with the characters. We don't get to see different angles. You know, right. it's sort of the we take these characters, we put them on an adventure. What will that adventure be? And we know how it's all going to wind up in the end. Yeah. But with this show, suddenly you can start to play around with these little facets that may get overlooked while still retaining the heart of the characters. Like at no point do I think Miss Piggy, even though she's going through these phases is any less Miss Piggy than she was on the Muppet show. It's just a different side to her. Um, They took these characters yeah. and made them complex. Which I, think, I, I enjoyed. Yeah. And it does sort of, I think, take them a little while to figure out the best way to do that because yeah i think piggy is not really likable enough at the beginning of the series but just yeah i mean we're seeing it here they're they're figuring it out they're making her more sympathetic and making her yeah. more of a real character and that's why i think maybe at the time I you know when they announced it, I wasn't so sold on Kermit and Piggy breaking up. But at the same time, this is a Muppet project. You know they're going to get back together by the end. Uh, yeah, but I rather mean, than just some contrived plot point, we're actually seeing them think. You know, really sit down and think about why did we break up? Yeah, is it some? Is this something I want to go back into? Am I ready to move on, or am I ready to move up and? reconsider what our relationship is right we're seeing piggy express regrets but now you yeah. know it's too late because kermit is dating somebody else this is true but, but they actually i mean they actually address that in this episode yeah so. uh yeah yeah it's i think it's good and i i do sometimes i wonder if it was a mistake and i've probably already said that on this podcast but a mistake to do the whole big like press release thing about uh you know kermit and piggy broke up and then people on the internet were all up in arms about it whereas and suddenly yeah that sort of turned people off like these aren't going yeah. to be the muppets i know yeah where if they had just made it part of the show without making a huge deal about it maybe it wouldn't... i know it was like sort of to gain publicity but i think maybe the move backfired a little bit yeah because it people came into it sort of less willing to give the new show a chance but while at the same time that that breakup went worldwide it did yeah people are very invested in these characters but uh but yeah they're they're doing interesting things with it as we're seeing in this episode um so later in the episode, Fozzie shows up in the studio. He's dressed as Santa. He's uh, telling Kermit that he had a good talk with Becky on the phone. They're going to work it out. But then with four minutes to air, Piggy has told Scooter that she is not going to do the show because she's oh. doing in her own loneliness. Must mean there, there's still runtime on the episode lab. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, Kermit goes to Piggy's dressing room. Um, she asks a bunch of hypothetical questions about Fozzie and Becky's relationship, about what if they hadn't gotten together, and et cetera. And it's clear that she's actually talking about mm -hmm. her relationship with Kermit. And then Kermit has this little speech where he explains that Piggy's great ability is to make people who are watching her feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And he says that she was his favorite show long before she was ever on TV, which is a very nice sentiment. That's a nice moment between the two of them. And, and that, it, you know, without saying as much, the, the, the subtext you get from Kermit is he's saying, I, you know, it may not be in the same way, but I still love you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's true. It's his way of letting her know, yeah, yeah, that's a good point that he's... Like, I, I have not abandoned you. Right, 
Right. He still cares about her. She's still important yeah. to him. Yeah. This is this is a pig and a frog talking. Yeah. I like that they're doing this stuff. And I know that... it's just that maturity that yeah. I felt made this series so unique in the Muppet canon. Like, you don't get this sort of stuff on Muppets tonight. No, they... Well, I mean, for one thing, Piggy's barely on Muppets tonight. Yeah, well... Yeah, they're not... Although there are some moments on that in the second season, maybe more so, where they, they get into the Johnny Fiamma and Sal and Johnny Fiamma yeah. and his ma relationship. So, yeah, they were sort of starting to explore... But never to this level but, where it's... Yeah, not like this. You're right. And where these are characters who the audience has known for 40 years at this point, or almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, and we it's get nice. to hear Big Mean Carl recite uh, some poetry. Uh, yeah, I think I have that in, under another of these storylines. But oh. um, So, yeah, I was going to say, that's not to say that the episode is all just uh, sentimentality and breakups and loneliness and... Oh no no! Sad speeches because, among the other storylines, we have Yolanda and the Secret Santa Exchange. Yep, uh, her this, manufactured revenge. Right. This kicks off when Sweetums comes in to give Yolanda a straightening iron because he is her Secret Santa. <laughs> uh, he shows her that he also got one for himself, which is a funny little uh, visual gag where we see mm. that Sweetums has straightened a patch of his hair on the back yep. of his head. Looks good though. It does. <laughs> it looks funny. Um, I guess they just sort of made like a sort of a wig or something that they just stuck on the back of Sweetums' head. I assume they didn't actually take a straightening iron to the Sweetums' puppet. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's probably the case. I can't see them like, well, we're going to throw out this Sweetums' right. puppet. Right. They would have to. We'll use the straightening iron and then ship them out to Florida so the Disney uh, World cast members can use them. Yeah, I wonder how many of those Sweetums they've gone through at Muppet Vision and Disney World. I the mind reels. Yeah, because that's been running for like thirty years now. Almost thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they must have had to like remake that that costume every once in a while. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Yolanda explains to us in a Talking Head interview that last year she got left out of the Secret Santa Exchange. So this, oh no, yeah, poor Yolanda. So this year she volunteered to organize it, and she put her own name on every slip of paper. This is we've seen little hints of Yolanda as sort of a real character on this show before, but this mm. is the first time that she's ever really gotten her own thing to do her own arc yeah yeah she has her own storyline and it's a lot of fun uh pepe almost figures out what's happening when he finds out that he and rizzo apparently both have yolanda's name (laughs) but then Pepe's not smart enough to figure it out because he thinks that rizzo drew pepe's name and rizzo is just pretending to have drawn yolanda's name so as not to give it up so Pepe's dumb. Well, you know, he is the smartest chess uh, piece on the chessboard. The prawn. The prawn. Yeah. So later they do realize that everyone drew Yolanda's name. Mm-hmm. And then everyone realizes that, oh, no, they left her out last year. I I kind of wonder how they can so quickly come to that conclusion because there's, I mean, it, it's a room full of Muppets in that scene when they figure it out, but somebody is just like, oh, wait a minute, who drew Yolanda's name last year? And nobody raises their hand, but what if it's somebody who's just not in that room at the moment? What if it was, <laughs> what if Kermit drew Yolanda's name, name last year and he's just not there? It's, it, it's a little contrived. It doesn't hold up to scrutiny. point, Look, we we you know there's so much going on at this episode. We it's don't true. have time to to think out. You know, if we start going down this path, it's going to be a 45 minute episode. Yeah, you're going to bleed <laughs> over into the real O'Neills. Is and... that what was on after this? No, I think it's actually what replaced the Muppets after oh. the show went off, and then when ABC decided to 
retool its lineup. The Muppets got canceled and the Real O'Neills got renewed Okay, for one season before they themselves were canceled. Yeah, I'm sure the Real O'Neills was less uh, complicated and possibly less expensive to make anyway. So, yeah, it's funny. I don't remember what was on ABC in the time slot after this. What was I, I don't. What was I'm I like turning off th- my TV during all that time? <laughs> all I know is like the Muppets were on at eight, and then Agent Carter was on at ten. At ten, okay. So there were a few shows between. Yeah, ABC. I think Tuesdays and well, used to be Tuesdays. Now I think it's just Wednesday. That they do four sitcoms and then an hour long show. Okay, Agent Carter. There's another one that was canceled way too soon. Yeah. Although it got at least a second season, which is more than they gave this one. So. Same with Gallivant, which was another good one. Uh, yeah, also another... got the axe. That was just a day of like all my favorite shows getting canceled. Uh, but yeah, Gallivant, one after the guys... and the Muppets were the last one. It's like okay, you can take Gallivant, you can take yeah. Agent Carter, but leave me my Muppets. I'm sure. And then I'm sure Joe and I will talk about this in a future episode. But they really made us wait a long time to know for sure that this show had gotten canceled. Yeah, that's yeah. That was that was cruel of them. That was a heartbreaker. Uh, so, uh, yeah, everyone approaches Yolanda's desk. She thinks that she's busted and that they're all mad at her. But they all just give her their presents because they realize that she was left out last year and they feel bad. So they want her to have all these presents. Yeah, it's nice. It Muppets is, it's, are nice. It's especially nice for Yolanda because she had to wait a year, but she got, you know, like... All the presents, many presents, yeah, or however many people. Meanwhile, no one else gets any presents in this. It's true. That's the thing. Yeah, the idea behind Secret Santa is you give and you get. Right. But instead, one person got and everyone else gave. Yeah. But it's but it's nice. It's a nice way to end that storyline. Everyone just feels bad. That they left out Yolanda, so they're, they're to... fine with letting her scam continue. It is funny, yeah, that it's all because of her own machinations that this happened. But yeah, it's it's Christmas. It's a time for being nice. <laughs> Look, so... if uh, if Clark Wiswald's boss can forgive, you know, cousin Eddie for kidnapping <laughs> him, anything is ha- passable on Christmas. There you go. Uh, so another thing that's happening at Christmas is Sam, who still has a crush on Janice, is uh, hoping to catch Janice under the mistletoe, which he is hanging up yeah. in a doorway in the office. This is the most minor of the storyline, so we maybe don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Um, but he's uh, hoping that this will be a seasonally appropriate way to jumpstart his relationship with Janice. Yeah, what a what a str- like I I I kind of dig it, but at the same time it's like of all of, of all the characters to bring together, this is the the one side of, of a character I did not expect was Sam's attraction to Janice. Yeah, um I don't know if you heard the previous episode. I think it was the the episode where Joe was talking to our friend Elena about how weird this is, but how it also kind of, it, how it's a fun idea because you have Sam, this totally straight-laced, uptight guy. So for him to be attracted to Janice, this spaced out But at the chick, same time, it it does kind of hook onto this one little thing where if Sam is such this, you know, staid and proper guy who, you know, really thinks everything the Muppets does is weird, why does he keep hanging around them? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a question. Although on the series, at least, so maybe there's this little bit that just says, "Okay, they're weird," but I like it. Yeah, he's still sort of fascinated by them. Um, mm. But on the series, at least, he is apparently the standards and practices supervisor, yeah. or I guess that's his job. But you, you kind of wonder, like, doesn't he have other shows to be? checking in on occasionally he always seems to be hanging around up late but uh again i guess we shouldn't question it too much but this is also weird because we have seen that janice is apparently still with floyd there was the weird argument where the electric mayhem 
was all uh, fighting with Kristen mm-hmm. Chenoweth, where like Janice used to be with Doctor Teeth, and she doesn't want to consider herself anybody's lady, but it's still like we've seen them on the show where they like Janice and Floyd still seem to be close at least. So mm. I don't know if uh, I, I still question, does Sam think that he's going to break them up or does he think that Janice is enough of a free spirit that she doesn't care? I don't think Sam really notices. Oh, that's an idea. Like, yeah. Like you think he really cares about the romantic relationships of the band? Yeah, like, like maybe Sam The has... drummer chases women. What else do you need to know? <laughs> well, not anymore. But yeah, maybe Sam okay, has Okay, maybe he just even... shouts woman and then. Right. Maybe Sam has not even Yeah, it's completely escaped his notice that that Floyd and Janice walk around with their arms around each other or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. I like that. Um but even this is like I'm sure this has been on many sitcoms where somebody's trying to hang mistletoe to kiss the girl they like or whatever but yeah mistletoe in general is kind of a creepy tradition yeah i think by 2015 it was already on the way out that's what i'm saying yeah i guess if you're having a holiday party with people that you really know well and everyone's kind of in on the in on the joke or in on the tradition then okay sure fine kiss everybody but to hang up mistletoe yeah. at work and just to be like, oh, hey, caught you under the mistletoe. Now I get to kiss you. That's kind of uh, not not great. Yeah, that's that's a that's a harassment uh, case waiting to happen. Right, and Sam should know that. <laughs> Sam should be aware of that. The, the standards and practices guy suddenly goes very much against standards and practices. Yeah, yeah. So while Sam is waiting for Janice to come along, Chip passes under the mistletoe. Chip, one of the handful of uh <laughs> breakout character sensations from this show he offers sam a pringle which he points out is shaped like the human tongue and then also like one of the last sur- surviving characters from uh the jim henson hour that's true although he did not have much of a personality there and he his oh no he's is... never really had much of a personality until this show right it, it's very different on this show but he's funny on this uh yeah and uh yeah he has this he's he's licking the sour cream and onion flavoring off the pringle is that right yep yeah. yep so he can get all of the taste with none of the calories <laughs> yeah okay so uh sam's trying to get rid of him but he keeps rambling and that's when janice walks right through the doorway so sam misses his chance uh but then at the end of the episode Uh, The whole gang is at Ralph's Tavern when Janice comes up to Sam to say that she noticed him talking to Chip at the office. She knows that Chip has trouble making friends, and she thinks it's really sweet of Sam to talk to him. And then she kisses him on the cheek, which is totally her decision. That's kind of nice, I guess. Uh, Being sneaky with the mistletoe, you know, Sam probably shouldn't have done that in the first place. but, But... Yay! Unexpected kindness! Yes, yes. So... Just be a good person, Sam. That's all you got to do. So, but uh, yeah, be again, the decent person you expect everyone else to be. Yeah, it is kind of funny, and I'm I didn't note this in my notes, but we just kind of talked about the Yolanda thing, where she got rewarded in that storyline. Yolanda got rewarded not for doing the right thing but for doing the wrong thing but then she got rewarded anyway because they wanted to be nice this is kind of similar where sam is getting rewarded not for doing the right thing but for accidentally doing a right thing so yeah yeah that's funny uh wow this this just got real dark like well I, i mean yeah i guess you could look at it that way um yeah i'm trying to think if it falls into the the fozzy thing maybe not so much but uh so there's one other storyline which is the guest star for this episode of up late mindy kaling mindy kaling you mean that person who presented the word enthusiastic on season 45 of sesame street that is the same mindy kaling she did one of the word of the day segments on sesame street one of a couple of times that she's worked with muppets um also you were noting a minute ago that she 
uh, appeared with Gonzo at the Auto Club 400. Yes, a NASCAR race. Are you a fan of NASCAR? No. <laughs> You're just a fan of Gonzo and looking yes, things up on absolutely. the Right. Also, it was March. The, the Auto Club 400 was uh, Gonzo's appearance was March 23rd, 2014. You know, right when he had a movie to promote. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, every time someone says like Disney doesn't care about the Muppets, they never they never do anything with the Muppets. I I, I want to agree with that. But then I think back to how inescapable the the promotional stuff from up its most wanted was and it's like they how much money did they spend on that they were everywhere they sponsored the super bowl pre-show that year so yep you can't say disney didn't throw a lot of money at the muppets that year well you know people say disney doesn't didn't doesn't do anything with the muppets that i like that's probably what they mean when they say disney doesn't do anything with the muppets yes you're right um yeah and then she also mindy kaling more recently recorded a sesame street memory video for the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. uh of sesame street with oscar so those couple of those were after this but um here she is on the muppets and uh she is on up late to sing a song she's gonna sing um it's the most, it's wonderful, the most wonderful time, time of, the of the year, year. yes a song which the Muppets have sung in a couple of different uh, productions. That was also on the the Green and Red Christmas album, right? Yeah, sung by Gonzo and Rizzo there. If oh, I remember that's correctly. a great arrangement. Yeah, that album is kind of odd, <laughs> just sort of the timing of it, and that it was mm. released at a time where they hadn't solidified all of the recasts, but. It's nice. Yeah. I like it. It has. This was like 2006, right? Uh, yeah, I think six or seven, but yeah, it's right around there. But yeah, probably 2006. But <laughs> Disney doesn't do anything with the Muppets. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's nice. It, it ends with Kermit singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which I like a lot. Oh, just a, a great Christmas album for the sake of a great Christmas album, not to tie yeah. into anything, just just for the fun of it. And it was it's it's a really good album. It is. It is nice. Yeah. Um. Right. So yeah, there are. I guess we should have mentioned there are so many Muppet Christmas oh, things. Yeah. The Muppets doing something at Christmas. Right. This when this episode was first announced, I think that was kind of how we reacted. It was like, oh great, the Muppets have never covered Christmas before. <laughs> But yeah, here they're doing it again. Uh, Coming soon, moving right along, the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's true. That will be our well, yeah, our next full season of the show. So we we still got a ways to go with the uh, Muppets Take Manhattan yeah. before we get there. But yes, everyone. Uh, I hope everyone who's listening to this is also listening to Moving Right Along uh, as we're currently covering. The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time, and in a year or so, we will be covering uh, Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time. Um, but right now, we're talking about Single All the Way. Yeah. And Mindy Kaling singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year with Miss Piggy. But Kermit discovers that Mindy Kaling is a terrible singer. Oh, no. Yeah. How will he fix this? How will he fix this? He he says to Scooter like, basically like I thought you said she could sing and Scooter says well I said she could sing not that she could sing well mm. like I can beatbox but I'm not amazing at it mm-hmm. and then he does then a little bit of beatboxing yeah and he says whoa that was my best one ever <laughs> which I, that made me laugh out loud yes that that's a that's a great moment from Scooter that might be my favorite joke in this episode actually just because. It's unexpected, and David Redmond's delivery is hilarious. Yeah, I think my favorite joke also from this storyline is Janice talking about the evil demons trapped in her voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just saying, like, keep fighting it, we're all behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess this show really leaned into Janice's, like, spacey new ageiness, but 
it, yeah. it's all right. It certainly works better than Floyd being a conspiracy theorist. But yeah, so Mindy Kaling or though, you know Zoot drawing inappropriate things and then having to make them into saxophones later. Yeah, I. I'm okay with innuendo. I think that's like right on the side of being funny rather than vulgar. But uh, anyway, Mindy Kaling doesn't realize that she's a bad singer. She thinks it's the band who's bad. Uh, It's funny. It it occurred to me when they wrote this episode or came up with this idea, they had to book like the, the producers of this actual show, the Muppets had to book a guest star who would be cool with doing the storyline where they're terrible, untalented singer. Yeah. So it probably had to be a a comedy person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Kaling has a good sense of humor about herself. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good at this. Uh, So they're trying to think like, what can they do? Can they replace this number with something different? Scooter pitches an idea to Kermit, which is Big Mean Carl reciting, "'Twas the night before Christmas." Actually, you know what? I think I have to take that back about my favorite joke, because this is tied, then, for my favorite joke. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Big a Mean Carl. Bit. Yeah. Big Mean Carl saying, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, because I told them to shut up." <laughs> I love Big Mean Carl. Kids love me. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then he blows out the candle. He's holding, like, he's dressed in his pajamas and holding a, a an old-fashioned candlestick thing, and he blows out the candle. So, nice puppet trick there. Yep. And then as an alternative, another possible alternative to the song, Gonzo um, and Pepe and Rizzo, uh, the writers, are pitching Mindy Kaling uh, doing a sketch called The Bachelor Elves. Yeah, that one... Yeah, it's a spoof of The Bachelor, but with elves. Or I guess it's spoof of The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, Do you have you ever watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Absolutely not. No, neither have I. I wonder if we would find this funnier if we had ever watched those shows. Possibly, but <laughs> yeah, it's such a, a, a popular show in the zeitgeist that, like... I feel like I can get the joke like, yes, there's all these different personality types. Yeah. Because that's what reality TV is, at yeah. least in that format. Right. So the basic idea is that like Pepe would pop up as all these different elves who want to go on a date with Mindy Kaling. I unemployed guess. unemployed waiter elf. Yeah. Buff gym rat elf. Right. Right. Rizzo is the sailor who's also a single dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no. <laughs> no it's, it's it's not doing it for me. Uh, it, it occurs to me, like, this, if this were The Muppet Show, and uh, we have been saying that this is not The Muppet Show, you can't, like, they're doing something a little bit different, and that's good. They should be doing something different. But yeah. if this were The Muppet Show, or Muppets Tonight, or whatever, they would have actual Muppet elves pop up to do this little sketch. Yes. Yes. You're, you're, why don't they just do that? Why don't we have a bunch of little Muppet elves come running in and back? Because annoying. I suppose it's to sort of keep the world of the late night show, because if this were a situation on a real late night show, who would you turn to the writers? Yeah. Well, yes, of course, but it's, it's, it's still the Muppets. So, it's, this is the thing I keep going back to during this rewatch is the show is funny, but it's not weird enough. It needs to be quirkier and stranger. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, Mindy Kaling thinks that they're giving her a choice between doing the sketch or her song, and she chooses the song. And Because the... her fans definitely want to hear her sing. <laughs> right, in her mind. Like if my fans have a choice to see me do a silly sketch, or a song. They're going to want me to do the song. Yeah, it's funny. Mindy Kaling is playing this version of herself who uh, has a very inflated ego and thinks of herself as being super famous and also a great singer. So uh, there's a gag at the end of the scene where Pepe pops up wearing this this muscle suit. I forget which which 
elf that's type. That's the like the buff gym rat. The gym rat. Yeah, he's wearing this the suit that makes it look like he has a lot of muscles. Rizzo says, "For the first time in your life, you don't look like a shrimp." Oh. And he's laughing. <laughs> and Pepe punches him, and Rizzo falls over. <laughs> yep, that made me laugh. Violence. Yeah, and it, it feels a little bit for some reason like something that they would have done on Muppets Tonight specifically. Like I, th- I feel like especially were... if you're wearing a muscle suit. Yeah, I, th- I feel like there were a lot of sort of little moments of slapstick like that on Muppets Tonight. Yeah. Um, so by the time the Christmas show ap- actually happens, Kermit has figured out a solution to the Mindy Kaling problem, which is that as soon as the song starts, he has all the Muppets run up and join Mindy Kaling on stage to sing the song. And that's such a very Muppety way of resolving things. Yes. Yes, this is a great idea. Uh, it's great for the story in that it takes care of the problem. Mm. And also, yes, this is exactly what we want to see. We want to see a big crowd of Muppets all gather around the guest star and sing. It's Muppets song. at Christmas. I mean, this is sort of their MO. Yeah. Everyone gathered around with their special guest. And John Denver sings, but um, bum bum. <laughs> right. Yes. This is what you know. I should have counted how many Muppets are in this scene because it's it's kind of a lot. They must have brought in yeah. some additional puppeteers for this. I would hope so. This feels like a, a big all in moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just great to see. And then uh, Kermit is sort of standing off to the side, and Scooter waves him on. So Kermit runs onto the stage and sings with everyone else. And that's that's what we want to see, you know? It's The Muppets are having a good time putting on a show. Yeah. I also like that the Swedish chef is wearing a wreath of candles on his head, <laughs> which is, um, that's a Swedish Christmas tradition. Um, that sounds about right. I meant to look that up too. Yes, we, we just took a, a short break to Google the Swedish Christmas tradition of candles in the hair and uh, Matthew has discovered that this is something they do to honor St. Lucia or St. Lucy St. Lucy and uh, uh, yeah in Sweden she's called Lucia okay it's always a girl who who has the candles in her hair uh, I believe so it's always a girl I could be wrong oh this is in the Nordic countries it's not just Sweden it's also oh. Denmark Norway and Finland okay well, that's a very nice uh, tradition, and it's nice to see the chef, uh, you know, observing the tradition of his homeland. And uh, I think those candles are really lit. I don't know if you looked as, you know, closer than I did, but that wouldn't surprise me. Which is maybe a fire hazard, but good for them for going for it. So yeah, that is pretty much it. Um, so now that we've gone through it and you've revisited this episode five years later, do you think any differently of it? Do you think the same of it? I will say I love the main storyline. I love how it picks, pulls apart these characters and we get to see a little more of them than we normally do. We get to see different facets of their personality because these are really the, rounded the, characters. The Kermit and Piggy stuff and Fozzie? Kermit, yeah, mostly. Yeah. But I will say the one thing I hadn't noticed before, maybe not until we had this conversation, was how Sam and Yolanda are both rewarded for suspect <laughs> behavior at best. Yes, I had not noticed that that parallel until we started talking about it, but that's funny. But it's Christmas. Kindness is in the air. It's I true. think Kermit once said something like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I... I remember liking this a lot when it first aired and watching it again. It really does sort of uh, make me, it makes me really look forward to watching the rest of the series, just knowing that it's going to continue on, on this arc of being a little bit happier, a little bit more heartwarming. Uh, Well, just be careful. It's not a very long arc. I know. I know. We got six episodes left after this. So, but still. And then nothing more. And then nothing. Yeah. And then and then Muppets now, five years later. But 
Maybe yep. maybe five years from now we'll we'll revisit. Oh, we'll be talking Muppets about five Muppets. years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so that pretty much covers it. Do you have any final thoughts about Single All the Way? Uh, I, I mean, I can't think of anything. I, I feel like, yeah, the maturity of it all, the, yeah. the fact that we we really get to we see these characters grow and we see them change. And that's what I love about this. I, I believe firmly that the Muppets should never be tied to one interpretation that there are the, these are such multidimensional characters that we can play around with it and we still don't lose what we have. Yeah, I agree that, this even if this show had gone on for more seasons and they had continued doing these very personal sort of stories with the characters mm-hmm. they could still go on to do you know another project where it was just silly sketches on the internet or something yeah. and it's still the muppets nothing's changed and yet everything has changed yeah yeah, but I just don't think they should ever be afraid to try different things. Yes, exactly. People who have followed all of our Tough Hick stuff are probably very sick of hearing me say that, because I say that a lot, but... Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure I've said my, my fair piece. Yeah. Let the Muppets do different kinds of stuff. Exactly. Take a shot every time I say that. No, don't actually. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, then, listeners, we will wrap things up for this week. Uh, please check us out in all the places where you can check us out. Um, I am on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Matthew, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, well, they can find me on Twitter at Matthew Soberman. I don't post there very much. Basically, uh, you can try looking for me on the Internet, but... You're not going to find a whole lot. <laughs> well, you can find stuff that Matthew wrote on toughpicks.com. That is very true. And uh, so the next time after this episode that we saw the Muppets on this television program was in February of 2016. We're not going to make you wait that long between episodes of this podcast. For now, we will probably be taking a little bit of a break at some point in this podcast season but joe will be back next week with the next episode which is called swine song so join joe here for that next week and thank you for listening and good night good night everybody and merry christmas